Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in, everyone, to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined, as always, by BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer. A lot to get into here on this Sunday nighter edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Of course, our Twitter feed at Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow there for links to all the podcasts we do here. Catch us as well on whatever podcasting app you prefer, Apple Podcasts included, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and of course our web host at megaphone.com. Quick thanks to our sponsors, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and finally DraftKings. More on them a little bit later in this edition of Talking Tide, which will be somewhat abbreviated from our typical length. But, Travis, we jump in to uh, take a look at Alabama's uh, resounding win over South Carolina, 90-71, to 71, the final score from Coleman Coliseum on Saturday evening and uh, a night when the Alabama shooters kind of finally reappeared after, uh, for the most part, a pretty lengthy string of, of difficult outings uh, connecting from three-point range. Javon Quinterly, Four out of five, certainly the hottest uh, Alabama three-point artist at the moment, especially when you tilt back to the second half of that Vanderbilt game in midweek when he hit three for three. Uh, But apart from him, Travis, there was scoring to be had all around. There was, and you knew this would be a game between the two teams, Chase, that were going to be very much guard-dependent for both teams where scoring production is concerned. Uh, James Reese, the fourth for South Carolina, but more so Jermaine Cousinard for South Carolina. came in on a bit of a heater, scoring 55 points in the previous two South Carolina games. Eric Stevenson, known to be a pretty proficient three-point shooter. So that's what you went into it expecting was a lot of production scoring-wise from the guard positions. And if you're South Carolina and you get 44 points or so, from your top three guards, you feel well, it's not too bad. But then, you know, Alabama with its top four guards hits you with 68 points. And Alabama did a better job in terms of Chase making turnovers hurt. You know, you look at the turnover numbers, they were elevated for both these teams. And 19 turnovers for South Carolina, 17 for Alabama. But then you look at points off turnovers, 24 points off 19 South Carolina turnovers for Alabama. South Carolina only able to cash in for 10 points on the 17 from UA. 
A big difference there, no, about, no doubt about it. Alabama improves on the year to 19 and 10 overall. They're 9 and 7 in SEC play. Uh, we will jump into uh, the SEC standings as they are at the moment on the back end of the program. Uh, but yeah, Travis, uh, the turnover is definitely a factor. Alabama got up and down the floor with theirs, the ones they forced defensively, uh, converted for sure. Uh, really jumped on South Carolina scoring wise. 50 to 27 was the halftime lead. Absolutely huge. And, and, uh, you know, the hot shooting, obviously a big factor there. But I think just as important, Travis, is to recognize that. The way South Carolina wins basketball games under Frank Martin, they play defense, they're physical, they, they're tough on the boards, they're scrappy for loose balls. They're just that kind of team. They're, they're who even when they're not a great team on the in terms of wins and losses, they're a test physically all the time. And Alabama, frankly, just shot their way out of that sort of game, right? I, I mean, when, when you get out to a lead like Alabama did, uh, you put yourself in a position where you don't you don't have to to play bully ball right to get it done. South Carolina needed this to be a low scoring game, and uh, they weren't able to get it done. The 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 run South Carolina made, of course, at the beginning of the second half, that twenty three point Alabama lead at the half shrank to six. Uh, Alabama had only eight points in the first eight minutes of the second half. And for a while there, it certainly looked like South Carolina might be able to just kind of drag Alabama into their kind of game in the second half. Uh, but over the last 10 to 12 minutes of the game, Alabama was able to open it back up offensively, uh, hit some big threes and kind of re-expand that lead. Yeah, 30 points for Alabama in the final 10 minutes of the game. And you're right, it had shrunk to a six-point lead, 58-52, 60-54 there about midway, approaching the midway point of that second half. And absolutely, you said it when it comes to Frank Martin teams, uh, typically they can lose in one area, say like three-point shooting. They, they kind of go into games typically anticipating a deficit in that area, especially against a team like Alabama. But where they usually make it up is on the backboards, uh, and they turn you over a good bit. And the 17 turnovers were probably more than Nate Oates would like. But again, we talked about the points off turnovers being largely in Alabama's uh, corner in this game, but then also points in the paint. You know, that's somewhere that that's another place where Frank Martin takes pride in his teams. Doesn't usually surrender that area of the four, but Alabama was plus 10 in the paint and just again on the backboards in general, plus eight. So uh, it was more the type of effort in general that you know Nate Oates wants to see from his team on a more consistent basis. And, you know, the three-point shooting. I mean, that's not going to change in terms of identity aspects for Alabama basketball under Nate Oates. And, you know, at just about 40% from three and making 13 in the game. First time since, I think, the Houston game in December that Alabama was north of 33% from three in a home game. Uh, at Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, the free throw shooting, 19 out of 23, big for Alabama as well. A uh, couple of six-minute starters in the game on senior night, Travis Britton Johnson, Tyler Barnes get the start for Alabama. Of course, uh, Nate Oates commenting after the game about all they contribute uh, in practice and, and you know, to the team in that aspect. Don't get a ton of minutes, obviously, uh, but uh, those – 
Britton Johnson's not afraid afraid to let it rip, Travis. <laughs> three three point attempts in six minutes on the floor, uh, and who who can blame him, right? I mean, if, I, if I'm Britton Johnson, I'm launching it the minute I get my hands on it too. I ain't running down and hiding in the corner no. on offense, man. I'm calling for it out on the wing, or I'm looking for I'm hunting shots. If I'm Britton Johnson, and you're right, he got three up, two of them early in the game. You know, Tyler Barnes with a steal and an assist, so. Uh, good to see those guys, uh, you know, get some shine there and and be pretty productive. I mean, at least hold their own. And, you know, it helps those bench numbers, too, when you start a couple of walk-ons. You look at bench scoring in this game, Alabama with 48 bench points when you're <laughs> right. bringing Jaden Shackelford off the bench and you're bringing <laughs> Betty Ako off the bench and um, you're bringing Davison off the bench. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Nate to say, you know, I thought our bench was great. <laughs> Uh, they scored 48 yeah. points. Well, yeah, you brought Shackelford <laughs> off the damn bench. Yeah, Shackelford kind of snuck up on me as the leading scorer for the game because Quinterly was so hot early. It looked like Quinterly was going to kind of run away with the uh, leading scorer honors for the night. And you, I kind of look up at the end of the game. Uh, first game I've covered as a reporter in Coleman Coliseum, by the way, since the Anthony Grant era. It's been a while. A wow. uh, little but, different uh, style of play. A little, know? yeah. Just a little yeah. different. No question about it. But, yeah, look up after the game, and Shackelford actually uh, ended up uh, the high score with 21, hit four three-pointers. Keon Ellis with four three-pointers of his own. Uh, J.D. Davison contributing with 10 points. And Charles Bediaco, Travis, uh, five out of six from the floor. Efficient. Uh, 22 minutes, four rebounds. Uh, Stayed out of foul trouble. Two two fouls in 22 minutes for him. that's, That's quite good. And uh, he finishes in double digits as well with 11. All around a big win for Alabama. There's no doubt about it. The kind of game that they need to feed off of, though, Travis, here with a couple more SEC games left to play down the stretch before the tournament gets started. It is. And with Texas A&M coming in midweek this next week, followed by that road trip to LSU. Look, the top four seeds in the SEC for the upcoming conference tournament pretty much set in stone at this point. But, you know, it could be a solo fifth place on the line when Alabama goes to Baton Rouge. But first, you know, a Texas A&M team that we talk about toughness and the things that you need to bring to the table when you take on Frank Martin and his teams. Well, Buzz Williams, kind of a similar deal with him. You know, they're going to want to ugly it up. Certainly, you know, not get into a situation where they find themselves like South Carolina did, needing to get, north of 85 points up into the 90s maybe to have a chance because that's not a game Texas A&M is going to win. Up next for the Crimson Tide, as Travis mentioned, they'll be taking on Texas A&M. That'll be a home game. Coleman Coliseum, a 6 p.m. Central Time tip-off on Wednesday night. It will air on the SEC Network. And with that, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors here on Talking Tide. As always, we're going to thank North River Dental Associates and the fine job they do with Dr. Jack Small and his great staff of dental hygienists. 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road. That is the address. Whatever your dental needs, they'll get it done. You get in there twice a year for your routine cleanings. They're going to have you in and out door to door, typically in under an hour. Cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, teeth whitening services, they do it all at North River Dental Associates. They're great working with the insurance folks as well. Never too much of a wait in that waiting room. So get on over, give them a call. The phone number is 
You can also make an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. That's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Remember when Bill Belichick, after a loss or a game in general, was asked to sort of reflect on that previous game and all he would answer, Chase, is, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. We're on to Cincinnati. Well, at Peterbrook Chocolatier, big, big win, as we told you, coming off of the Valentine's Day run over the first half of February. But it's on to Easter at Peterbrook Chocolatier. So never too early to start making your Easter basket plans or just that special Easter treat for that someone special. They're going to have you covered. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, but you don't have to wait for the holidays to hit Peterbrook every day. Any day that ends in Y other than Sunday, closed on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., they're going to be ready for you there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Chop up that chocolate. Dr. Jack will clean them up for you. Yeah, you can do it. It's a vicious cycle. You can be very... You know, stress free about it because Dr. Jack will take great care of you. He'll have you ready to go straight back over there. To yeah, he'll have you ready for Easter. Yeah. No question. All right. Finally, going to tell you a little bit about our corporate sponsor. Of course, that would be DraftKings, the official sports betting partners of the NBA. This deal certainly too good to pass up. New customers can bet $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take advantage of big cash prizes, big paydays at DraftKings. They're giving new customers a free shot at millions in total prizes with a first deposit. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. The Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Just bet $1 on any NBA team. You get 150 in free bets if they win with promo code TPPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And Travis, this uh, shortened edition of Talking Tide, not a whole lot around the Alabama football program uh, to talk about. Quiet. That's the way Nick Saban likes it uh, as spring practice certainly approaches. So we'll take a quick look around the SEC basketball standings, kind of step back a little bit uh, from Alabama and uh, look at the league at large as they head into the final week of the regular season. Uh, the Auburn Tigers sitting at 13-3 and three in conference play. A hiccup or two here lately, uh, but still on top of things. And as you mentioned, uh, the double-by top four seeds are pretty much locked in at this point. Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee all very deserving, all with at least 12 league wins going into the final week. Great seasons for all four of those for sure. And then Alabama at this point, Travis, in sole possession of the fifth best record in the league at nine and seven. Uh, but with a pack of eight and eight teams right behind Alabama, including LSU, who Alabama still has yet to face uh, next weekend, uh, things can things are still fluid there when you get past that top four. Yeah, the good news for Alabama when you talk about that cubby, I guess you could say, of eight and eight teams is that it already has a win over LSU in Tuscaloosa. It has a win over Florida in Gainesville. Uh, has the win now over South Carolina. Uh, regular season split with Mississippi State. And so when you look at that matchup 
coming up next Saturday in Baton Rouge. Tough one for LSU midweek. You like Alabama's midweek coming up a good bit better than you like LSU's because Alabama gets Texas A&M, a 7-9 and nine team in the league. Not a bad team. Um, but LSU has to go to Arkansas midweek. And so that promises to be a, a bigger challenge, you would think, for Will Wade's club. So a lot to play off here down the stretch, including we talk about Arkansas-LSU, but you're going to have Arkansas-Tennessee next Saturday. It's going to be a big one when you talk about those top four seedings for the SEC tournament. And uh, you had some marquee games over the weekend, no doubt about it. Auburn-Tennessee was a big one. Tennessee gets the job done at Thompson Bowling Arena. Kentucky goes on the road, falls at Arkansas. You know, Arkansas is playing some great basketball, 13 out of 14, I believe. Uh, They've won now, that one loss being to Alabama and Tuscaloosa. So I think Alabama's in a pretty good spot. Winners of five of six, Chase, and nobody's really talking about Alabama right now. And they're maybe they're starting to play uh, more of the way. I know you wrote about this after the game Saturday. Maybe this is a return to what we saw in non-conference action in December. Maybe. It was a one-game return, certainly on Saturday night. It's, <laughs> it's, it's up to Nate Oates to see if they can get that extended uh, for the rest of the regular season. But, yeah, that fifth spot or the sixth spot, certainly big. Uh, you get to play. Uh, you know, you, you call it a bye. I guess it's a bye when there's a few teams kind of doing a play-in the day before. Mm-hmm. The five and six seeds. Uh, get to play one of those teams uh, when they open up. So uh, certainly big to get one of those two spots for Alabama. Is Georgia, Travis, are they really going to go potentially 1-17 and in the league with a win over Alabama? I mean, can that happen? They got Tennessee and Missouri, I think, before they close it out. That's a disaster right now in Athens. I mean, you had the situation involving the assistant coach and a staff member, assistant coach suspended, incident involving a couple of staffers for Tom Crean. You got to think a coaching change is coming in Athens. But, yes, I would think they're going to go 1-17 with that one win over Alabama. Missouri is Kunzo Martin on the way out. You know, I think we're going to be talking coaching carousel, um, you know, in the SEC a little bit more this time around. Ben Howland, even though you look at state right now, 8-8 eight and eight in the league, 17-12 and 12 overall. I don't think the folks over there, he's been there six, seven, eight years now, one NCAA tournament appearance. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see some shakeup there. I'm not sure Mike White at Florida is entirely on solid footing in Gainesville uh, where the standards are pretty high even this long after the uh, the Billy Donovan era. So that's going to be some big storylines to watch in the league too as we wind up here with conference play and uh, the tournament is how much turnover are we going to have at the head coaching level in the league? Ben Allen needs a couple more Jarvis Bernardos over there. <laughs> That's his problem. Yeah, he could use a few of those. He could use a few of those. It's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us next weekend when Travis and I reconvene. Really enjoyed it. For Travis Ryer at BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. We'll talk to you next time here on Talking Tide.